It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Buckeye breakdown on a Monday morning. It's bye week for Ohio State, but there's still plenty to talk about after the national polls came out yesterday. The Buckeyes are in good shape, but how good a shape? Who's ranked ahead of Ohio State that should be? And who's ranked ahead of Ohio State that maybe shouldn't be? We've got plenty to talk about there. On top of that, where do the Buckeyes stand at the halfway point, especially with the Big Ten meat of the schedule still in front of them? Do they still have their goals uh, ahead of them if they want to win the Big Ten or if they want to make the college football playoff? How realistic are those? We've got lots of things to talk about here this morning. It's Buckeye Breakdown here on Buckeyes Now Sports Illustrated. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to our uh, continuing coverage of Ohio State football. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Brett Hiltbrand. And Brett, this was uh, this was very much the fun weekend in college football that I think everybody kind of hoped for, including a couple of games that were maybe even tighter than we expected. Uh, some wild finishes, a lot of fun. There was not a wild finish, but it was a lot of fun in Columbus when Ohio State absolutely dominated the Maryland Terrapins 66-17. to Probably the best the Buckeyes have looked from start to finish all year long. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, just another step and example of kind of the progression that we've seen this team get better uh, every single week following that, uh, you know, defeat to Oregon in week two. Um, you know, it was kind of the the dominant performance against an inferior opponent that you expect from Ohio State to see. It was prototypical in a lot of ways. And, uh, um, you know, I think they're they're showing the, the, you know, all of college football, basically, that, you know, this is a team you have to be concerned about. And, and, and that one loss, while not a great one, uh, is not necessarily the entire story when you're trying to kind of look at this team. And so, uh, you know, they're doing what they need to do. C.J. Stroud seems to be. Uh, I would say getting back to full health 100% if he's not already there and they've got the best running back in the country. So it's uh, offensively, things look absolutely fantastic. And, and this is, this is uh, you know, everything you could possibly hope for if you're an Ohio state fan. They certainly have the most explosive running back in the country. I think Trevion Henderson, even though he didn't have uh, any, you know, big breakaway explosive plays this week, I'm pretty sure he still leads the nation in yards. Uh, I'm sorry, in runs of 40 yards or more. Um, you know, he's hit home run home run shots better than anybody else in America so far uh, at that position, which is obviously an entirely different dynamic to the Ohio State offense because coming into the season, man, all we talked about was how good the receiving core was going to be. Uh, mm. So that part of it was really cool. And they've been um, pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that again. Um, I, I think my favorite play from this game, uh, favorite scoring play, I, I talked about my – yesterday I talked about my favorite non-scoring play being a, a, a an unbelievable effort from Steel Chambers to make a tackle. Um, I think my favorite scoring play was – sort of a microcosm of what this offense's capability now looks like. Uh, there was a play where they faked a, a jet sweep to Garrett Wilson, um, who obviously has breakaway speed. Then they turned around and, and ran play action, faking a handoff to Travion Henderson, who obviously has shown what he can do, you know, creating big plays. And then CJ threw it over the top to Chris Olave, who was absolutely on an island. Uh, and, you know, and scored it. It was just kind of like, no, we don't want to score this way or this way. We're going to score this way this time. It was just, it, it kind of felt like, man, Ryan Day is, he's got 
he's got one heck of a, of a toy chest right now, and he just decides what he wants to play with at any given time. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I think, too, it's like, it, you know, it's a good example of, you know, kind of putting down on tape what you want to put down um, and, and knowing that uh, you have options and what you want to be able to show opponents. Uh, you know, even at this point in the season, I don't think you want to basically show, you know, the entire playbook, uh, you know, and so they, I, I think the fact that they have options is, is pretty uh, impressive. And as, you know, kind of the season goes along and usually this is the week where you start kind of making, you know, some little tweaks, you add a couple pages, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think it's just as an, another example of, of one of Ryan, one of Ryan Day's best qualities, I think. And that's his, his, self-awareness and flexibility and understanding that in the moment, sometimes, you know, you, you have to be able to take a step back and kind of see the big picture. I think he does that really well. And then I'm, he's obviously, um, you know, one of the better play callers in the entire country. And, and, and you see that in, in moments uh, where, you know, uh, you know, there Ohio state has benefited, I think from a handful of coverage busts this year, but you have seen this in moments where, you know, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson are just so wide open. And a lot of times it has a lot to do with Ohio State doing a check based on the, the defense's personnel group and then running, calling a play from there. And and that's and, and that play, <clears throat> excuse me, is extremely successful. And that's credit to Ryan Day. I uh, I, I brought up Julian's comment about Steel Chambers there. And, and um, you know, if you missed my my take on that yesterday, it was the last play of the first quarter. I believe it was the first play of Maryland's third offensive drive. Um, it was a little screen pass to the left-hand side. If you're watching at home, it was the top of your TV. And Steel Chambers was playing linebacker. He, he was basically between the hashes at the beginning of the play. You know, and on most screen passes, right, the linemen are taught to release. So a lot of the defense gets sucked in and they dump the ball off. Uh, whatever Steel Chambers was doing, spying on the quarterback or or playing in a, a you know softer zone, um, he read it, sniffed it out beautifully, and fought through like five blockers to get to the sideline to make a, a two yard gain instead of giving up a definitely double digit gain. And it was just pure effort. And I, I just remember watching that play and thinking, like, man, this kid. For, for not being a natural linebacker, holy smokes, does he look like he can play. And he, he I thought he easily had his best game as a Buckeye this week. Um, excited to see his continued development for sure. Yeah, not bad for a running back, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think in a lot of ways, you know, he he represents everything that I think, you know, Ryan Day wants this program to be, right? In that you come in, you know, pretty high – you know, recruit at running back, that doesn't really work out. You change positions and you still give the, you know, the, the effort required and, 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 and expected from you as a player. And so, uh, you know, to see him have a little bit of success, I think is awesome to watch if you root for people like that. And, uh, and, and one, why wouldn't you? Um, but it, you know, I think in general, like, it, that effort in a lot of ways is what I think people want to see on defense across the board more often. Right. And so moments like that uh, go a long way in my mind to showing like the entire defensive side of, of, of the team that, you know, you, you know, you can't take a play off, you know, this is the bare minimum required for every single play. And that's a good thing that, you know, that, that guys are showing that, you know, in games, especially where, you know, like, you know, going in that you're going to win, uh, you know, that uh, the, the fact that you're out there fighting is a good thing. Let's get to the uh, to the polls part of our conversation, because I think a lot of people saw the AP poll and coaches poll come out yesterday afternoon uh, after Tommy Zagorski and I had wrapped up our, our Sunday morning conversation. Um, I I don't have a problem with it. I guess is the best thing I should say up front um, because I think there are, there are a couple things you really have to keep in mind with the polls. One, it's a reflection of what you've done so far, not what you're capable of. And I don't think Ohio state is less capable than Cincinnati. 
but I think the Bearcats probably should be ranked ahead of the Buckeyes right now. Um, it's also, it's, it's literally an aggregation, right? It's, it, it you can tell, uh, how, how tight the margins are in some of the decisions. For example, um, in the coaches poll, the difference between Oklahoma and Cincinnati at number three, number four was basically just a handful of votes. The difference between Cincinnati and Alabama was much bigger. Uh, and the difference between Alabama and Ohio State was much bigger. And we could talk about Bama in a second. In the AP poll, um, you know, it was it was pretty set in stone that Georgia was going to be the number one team in the country. Uh, and and the difference between Iowa and Cincinnati was seven, uh, 69 points, um, with Bama not terribly far behind. I'm sorry, with Oklahoma not terribly far behind Cincinnati, uh, Alabama a good bit back from Oklahoma. Even though Oklahoma hasn't looked good, five of their six wins are by a touchdown, and it feels like they keep sneaking past teams They've also not lost, right? So something to be said for figuring out a way to do it. And by the way, they did it with not their starting quarterback, who probably shouldn't be their starting quarterback at all the rest of the year. Uh, Spencer Rattler has not looked good, and Caleb Williams was a dude when he came into the game. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with Oklahoma being ranked ahead of Ohio State right now. I don't think the Sooners are better than the Buckeyes, but right now they're 6-0. and and even though Ohio State has looked really, really good these last couple of weeks, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm actually also okay with Alabama being ranked ahead of Ohio State right now. Now, long term, we'd have to talk about that. But just because Alabama lost to a two-loss team and Ohio State lost to a one-loss team, to me, that that doesn't that, that's not the totality of that conversation. Alabama also beat Florida. Their win against Miami is looking less impressive, but they still wiped the floor with Miami. Well, you know, who have the Buckeyes beaten so far? Let's be fair. Ohio State beat Minnesota, who's a good Big Ten team. They beat Tulsa and Akron, who are non-power five schools. They beat Rutgers and Maryland, who are typically – bottom half of the league. So the Buckeyes don't have a signature win yet, and they've looked awfully good, awfully good, but they don't have a signature win. So I'm okay with a 5-1 and one Ohio State team and a 5-1 and one Alabama team being right there, but right now I think it's okay to have Alabama ranked ahead of them. Yeah, and I think I think in general you have to remember, right, like the 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 AP poll is, is as subjective – as everything else, just simply because of how the voting works and then how the point system is then applied to, uh, is then applied to, you know, how the votes kind of are, are aggregated and accumulated. Right. So I think you have to, you have to keep that in mind one. And then two, I think we have to also remember that in general polls should be a good faith kind of argument and a bit of subjectivity. Now, I'm not so sure how often that is actually the case. You know, I love, I love the, the coaches poll is fantastic right around this time of year, because that's when you, you tend to like stray away from the unanimous votes. And then every once in a while you'll get like a random team that gets a number one vote. Like right now, if you look at the coaches poll, Iowa has one number one vote. Does anyone want to guess who that one vote is? Cause I bet you every dollar in my bank account is James Franklin. Right? Why wouldn't it? Uh, well, you know, if James one of the votes, yeah, there's it's very possible that well, maybe in Georgia because a lot of schools, you know, won't vote for themselves as the number one team even if they know they are very much in that conversation. Right. So you know, and and so I think in general, like you know, that's kind of where we're at. And so with with the polling, you know, it would be in my mind, it you know if we're just kind of looking at this at face value, if you don't name the teams, if we're pulling like a good, like an old Bill Barnwell column, right? Like team A does this, team B does this, and then you reveal which one it is. You know, team A goes on the road and loses, team B, you know, loses at home. 
which one gets ranked higher. Every person is voting that the team that goes on the road should be ranked higher, right? Like that's just how this should work. And so it's not, it's not really that controversial or a talking point. I think everything is fair for the most part. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, and I, I, I think the, the further down you get is where it gets kind of interesting as well, because you have Michigan at eight, at six and zero, Oregon at nine, um, with and with their one defeat, and then then Sparty and then Kentucky uh, at six and zero, rounding out uh, that that top ten and eleven. So it's 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 a fascinating team. You know, we have thirteen one loss teams right now across the board. Eight of those teams will play each other the rest of the way out. So you know, how everything kind of shakes out between now and then is going to be really fascinating because of the fact that a lot of these one loss teams will play each other and essentially sort themselves out. But the rankings are fair right now. And I think if, if you, if you're a little upset that Bama's ahead of Ohio state right now, I'd be like, well, that's kind of the nature of things you, you know, uh, of, of Bama's schedule compared to Ohio state's schedule. I mean, the, the Buckeyes are going to play to your point. Indiana, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and maybe Iowa, you know, over the next eight weeks. So, uh, next seven weeks. Um, so they're going to have plenty of opportunities to rack up wins against highly ranked teams. But that, that brings up an interesting topic here because I think this is the first time I can remember in a while where there are that many Big Ten teams in the top 10. Right now in the coaches' poll, Iowa's two. Ohio State six, Michigan seven, Penn State eight, Michigan State nine. In the AP poll, Iowa two, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Michigan eight, Michigan State ten. So both polls right now are saying that five of the top ten teams in the country play in the Big Ten Conference, are and not just Big Ten, Big Ten East. Right, with yeah, with the exception of Iowa, four of them right. are in one division. Um, so. You know, look, we've heard all this talk for a long time about how good the SEC is. I'm not taking anything away from the good players they have there. Are we truly seeing a shift to where now the Big Ten is legitimately considered, you know, right there on level par with the SEC? Or is it too early in the season to be able to tell for sure that Michigan State, you know, really is that much improved, that Michigan – Despite the fact I don't think Michigan is that good yet, their defense is significantly better. I'm not a believer in Michigan's offense yet. Um, Penn State, I I thought looked a lot better with Sean Clifford than they looked without him. Um, I hope for Sean's sake and for Penn State's sake that he's not hurt uh, for for terribly long. Um, you know, Iowa, their defense has been very good, and I would argue a little bit opportunistic, but. They they they've won the games they needed to win, and and I absolutely think Iowa's deserving of a number two national ranking right now. Is the Big Ten, you know, the premier conference in college football this year? I mean, I think if you're if you're basing it specifically on beating the teams you have in front of you, the I mean, it, you know, the answer to that is yes. But I, I think you know. It, in a little, in a lot of ways, the SEC has kind of cannibalized itself, especially in the case of say like Arkansas, right, where that was a good football team that's lost twice uh, in 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 games that they probably um, you know felt like they could have done a little bit better. Bama maybe not so much, but definitely their most recent game uh, against Ole Miss, and then you know Auburn goes on the road to Penn State, loses that game in a tough environment and all of that. So I, I mean, I, I think, I think the sec is still obviously, uh, you know, I, I still think you have to say the sec is, is still the best conference given the fact that in large part, I think two of the best teams so far that we've still seen, you know, based on if we're kind of looking at eye test are still Bama and Georgia. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, if you know watching that that Texas A&M game you know this weekend what a fabulous football game that was um you know I think you'd have a hard time convincing me that you know uh, in the same way we watched Iowa and Penn State and how you know that was a great football game but you're also glad it was over um 
you know, I think we'd have a hard, you'd have a hard time convincing me that an undefeated Iowa and an undefeated Penn state, I test wise are better than that one loss Bama team. Um, so I don't know if it's, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a shift. I think it, in an, it's, it's a, it's evidence of big 10 teams doing what sec teams haven't. And that's beat everyone in front of them. And, and that is really all you can do. And I think that's, that's essentially how this whole playoff system is set up. And, and that's a good thing for, for the conference. I think then the, the big 10 East is especially loaded, um, but if you also kind of break it down, I think, and peel back a layer or two, uh, Sean Clifford's in- injury and, and the severity of that greatly affects how we how we have this conversation. Because uh, the, the, the number two quarterback for Penn State looked a little bit in over his head against Iowa. Um, we still don't really know with Michigan. Who knows exactly what that team looks like? And then... You know, Sparty, I think, is is doing some amazing things with with Mel Tucker. And and right now he's he's definitely up there, I think, as a coach of the year candidate for me. But, you know, you, you still have to kind of go out there and do it. Whereas I feel like we know a little bit more about some of those SEC teams because of some of the games that they played. So shift, I wouldn't so go so far as to say shift in big, you know, as far as like who's the premier conference, but right now the big 10 is certainly doing, doing the job that the sec isn't. And, and yet I think there is a far greater chance that by the end of the year, because of Georgia and Alabama, I think there's a far greater chance of two sec teams getting in the playoff than two big 10 teams. Um, But let's play this out for a second. And just theoretically, if Iowa runs the table, gets the Big Ten championship game and loses to, let's say, Ohio State. They deserve a playoff spot. Man, that's a, that, that is a loaded resume, right? They, they won their non-conference game. They beat Iowa State. They, they, uh, they, they've won all the other games that they're supposed to win during the course of the year. I realize the West hasn't been as good, but especially if they're reasonably competitive with the Buckeyes and with where they're probably going to be ranked, as a, as a highly ranked team, even if they've lost, well, I guess in that scenario, they, they would have not lost. So it would be hard to take them out of a number two national ranking spot. Um, does Iowa belong in the college football playoff? You'd have to give that some serious consideration on the flip side. If Alabama, let's say they lose at the gun to Georgia. Let's say Georgia hits a walk-off field goal, right? Really good game, really competitive game. Bama, more than passes the eye test, but loses a second time. Are they going to take two loss Alabama? Even if Alabama looks like they should be in and they've lost twice, once in the regular season and once in their conference title game, are they still going to get in the college football playoff because they're Alabama because they look good? How much does that matter? Ohio state a couple years ago, didn't even make the big 10 championship game. And got in the playoff anyways. Now, you could argue it's because Penn State had a really bad loss earlier in the year, but they beat the Buckeyes head-to-head. That was a big point of controversy. Um, You know, all of this seems to be lining up great for Cincinnati because Cincinnati just continues to do what they're supposed to do. They're beating the brains out of the teams they should, like Temple last week. And by the way, Temple's not terrible. Like, they're, they're a reasonably decent college football program. They've got, you know, some, some recent success that this is not a FCS level, you know, crappy program. Temple's not bad. And Cincinnati made them look horrendous. Um, All these teams are racking up losses and have all these question marks. The best thing you can do is win all your games and win them convincingly, right? That's what the Bearcats are doing. Um, So, you know, I, I don't know that a non-power five team belongs, but Cincinnati's making that case. That's for sure. And, and you shouldn't count them out. Um, Oklahoma. I mean, look, man, if they don't lose, they belong in the playoff. I just think they're going to lose. I, I think they look way too vulnerable unless Caleb Williams somehow comes up with this magic elixir to, to change, you know, the vulnerability they've shown throughout the course of the year. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing, uh, you know, seeing a a big 12 champion get in unless it's Oklahoma and they're undefeated. Um, But I say all that to to point out that I think right now, watching the Ohio state Buckeyes, 
I see a team that is college football playoff good. I see an offense that is national championship caliber good with the caveat that I recognize who they've played the last four weeks. I'm not going to get out of control here. Um, I want to see it continue to grow. But the nuts and bolts of what we've seen are really, really good. And they are a way different team than they were in week two. And that's what you kind of hope for. The, the defense has continued to get better. They have not given up a rushing touchdown in four games. Um, pass coverage has been significantly better. Every team in America has a, a big play they allow here or there. But I, I think largely Ohio State's defense is showing some significant improvement. The linebacking core has been unbelievable the last two weeks now. So I, I am I am very encouraged by where Ohio State is right now with what they have in front of them and with their chance to to get into the postseason. Yeah, I, I'm 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 shuddering a little bit thinking about the 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 national punditry um, being aghast at two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff and what that would what that would do to the to the uh, uh, you know the talking heads of college football across the world. Um, the 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 pain that some of them would go through uh physical pain would be would be pretty uh uh hilarious at times um you know and it wouldn't actually be kind of interesting too you're talking about a one loss iowa right like uh you know that that loses to ohio state and in the big 10 championship game like are they ranked actually above ohio state in the football playoff when they you know if and that comes through it'd be kind of funny um yeah i mean i I, I, I think that, you know, there's there's no way a two-loss Alabama gets in, right? Um, regardless of how um, – <laughs> regardless of how, uh, um, you know, the SEC championship game, you know, kind of plays out. You know, if, if Georgia wins late, that kind of thing. Um, I just don't – I just don't see that happening. Um, I think what – you know, again, I am, you know, if you listen a lot, you hear me reference this. I, I really love chaos. Uh, if Kentucky beats Georgia <laughs> next week, like, br- like bring, bring me, bring me all the chaos. Cause that throws everything that throws everything into the fire. And essentially we all start over uh, if that happens, because I, I don't trust Iowa. I don't trust Penn state. Uh, I would expect uh, I don't trust the Big Ten West, so I would expect Iowa to be undefeated going into the Big Ten championship game. But I really don't trust Penn State at all. I didn't trust Penn State with Sean Clifford quarterback. Um, So but I think as as it goes along, you know, Oklahoma, it's like, yeah, they haven't looked good, but they've also found ways to win, which I think is actually something that you have to give them credit for. That the idea that, like, if you are still not playing your best and are still winning, that's actually a good thing. Um, their quarterback situation is going to be fascinating to watch because Spencer Rattler was your like Heisman trophy, like kind of like quality guy. Like, is this the, is this the year that another Bama quarterback goes out and does it? And he like, it's like, man, 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Um, so that's going to be really, really interesting to watch as well. And, and especially given how big 12 games have a tendency to, you know, to kind of play out with shootouts left and right. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be cool to kind of see how they have to kind of finagle their way through that and, you know, maybe win games, you know, scoring, you know, 56, 58, you know, 60 some points, because uh, I don't think that defense can really, really stop anyone either. But, you know, uh, it's 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 really cool because I'm looking at that Kentucky team and wishing that they were in the SEC West. Sure. Uh, and, and rather than rather than them, like how amazing would it be if Kentucky was playing Bama this weekend instead of Georgia? Because uh, then that that I think that then in, in many ways is like an eliminator game, probably right. So uh, you know, it's it's cool. I think <clears throat> goodness. Um, I I think this is. I think it's it's high time we we give a, a non-power five team a shot. Right. And uh, especially with, you know, like I said earlier, these 13 one loss teams, we're going to eliminate, you know, eight of them probably right off the bat, uh, you know, between now and say like a month from now, 
Um, you know, if if we're if we're kind of debating like, is this one loss team that didn't win a conference championship, or is you know getting in over this two loss team when like undefeated Cincinnati has just moonwalked through everyone? Well, and, like, I mean, look, look, there's some of these teams. I that, think they have to get in. I think they absolutely have to get in. There, there are some of these one-loss teams. I think right now you could confidently say because it's a four-team playoff, they're just not getting in. Arizona State, NC State, BYU, Ole Miss won't play for a conference championship, and they already lost to Alabama. Notre Dame is not getting in the playoff this year, uh, and I don't see a scenario where Oregon's awful loss to Stanford, even though Joe Moorhead didn't call plays that game and there were some extenuating circumstances. I don't see a scenario where they get in the college football playoff. I don't think they, I don't think they went out. They, they very, I, very, everyone's, well everyone's hurt on that team. And yep. it, it's, they, they don't exactly have an easy road schedule the rest of the way out. So I don't see them. I don't see them finishing with one loss. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that brings us to Alabama, Ohio state, Penn state, uh, as teams that have one loss that are, you know, in contention for a spot. I have a hard time thinking that Oklahoma State is going to remain an undefeated team through the end of the year. They're fine. They're not bad, but I don't think they're one of the top four teams in the country. Now, if they, I, I do feel that if a team goes undefeated and wins a Power Five league, you deserve a chance to play in the playoff. I have felt that yeah, way from the 100%. very beginning of of the college football playoff being invented. So if that happens, they deserve to be in. But I, I really don't think that's going to happen. Same thing with Kentucky. If somehow if they, you know, rip this thing off and just take off and go, heck yeah, they deserve to be in the playoff. It ain't going to happen. Um, you know, I, I, I think it, it comes back to in the Big Ten. You know, you're going to see a lot of these teams playing each other. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State all have to play each other. So – that's going to take care of itself. Would a one loss group out of those four teams make the college football playoff? I think Ohio state absolutely could. Um, Cause you're talking, you're talking about, you would be talking given how everyone plays each other. You'd be talking about a one loss conference championship. Right. Team. Right. Right. So that, uh, yeah, I think they get in for sure. I, um, you know, I, I would think that if Penn State runs the table the rest of the way, beats the Buckeyes, beats Michigan, beats Michigan State, and then plays Iowa again and beats them, and their only loss is Iowa, you know, the first time around, yeah, I think Penn State probably should get in the college football playoff if they do yeah. that. If Michigan runs the table and, and you know, or, or maybe stubs their toe once along the way but wins the Big Ten championship and their losses to one of the better teams, uh, especially if it's a road loss, you know, loses to one of the better teams in the league, yeah, they should probably get in. I, I, I just have a really hard time right now with how well some of the Big Ten teams are playing. I have a hard time thinking the Big Ten champion's not going to get in with one loss. So I, I think you can eliminate some of the one-loss teams. Um but I think Ohio State and Alabama right now are the two one-loss teams. And this isn't some hot take, but Ohio State and Alabama are the two one-loss teams in the country that have the best chance to get in the college football playoff right now. And I, yeah. I really yeah. don't think there's that much disparity between Ohio State, Bama, and everybody else. I, I think it's kind of a wide gap. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, the – you know we're we're this is like kind of like the silly season part of the se of the year right where we're kind of projecting and speculating how a lot of this will play it like you know when it, and kind of then like projecting a little bit when like it will all sort itself out in a lot of ways just simply because of we are lucky this year because that like these teams will play each other and and everything will kind of come out on the field where that has not always been the case you know over the last you know seven eight years um, so, you know, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think it, you know, if we're, if we're kind of extrapolating all of this into essentially the conversation of like, should a one loss non-conference championship team be getting in over defeated Cincinnati? That that's a tough one for me. It's, you know, like it is, is a, like Penn State, it goes undefeated, loses to Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. 
do they get in in that fourth spot over Cincinnati? Well, in that case, I would say no, because they've lost to Iowa twice then. Right. So, uh, you know, or, or say Michigan. Michigan beats everyone, goes all the way in, loses to Iowa in the championship game. Is a one-loss Michigan getting in over undefeated Cincinnati? Probably not. Does Iowa, Iowa losing to whoever in the Big Ten championship game, one-loss Iowa, do they go to the title game or to the, to the playoff over Cincinnati? I think the answer has to be no. Um, but like, is like, like Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Okay. Is one law, a one loss Bama, one loss Georgia going in over Cincinnati. That's happening every single time. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how we skewed that a little bit. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I still think it's high time we get a non power five team in there. Um, but, you know, and I think if, if, if you, you know, if you're kind of rooting for that or that's something that you want to see, like, I, I think it'd be really fascinating to have like a, a you know, a, a scenario where <clears throat> that undefeated team gets like the three spot and avoids like the number one seed two would be cool. But, um, you know, it's, it's a scenario where like it's, it seems in my mind, it seems almost more and more unlikely as each season goes along because, regardless of how these these non-power five teams play you know it, it just doesn't seem like that's something that the kind of you know landscape of college football at large goes for i'm trying to decide what i want to happen with cincinnati um in my heart and in all fairness you know, or i guess i should say in all transparency i mean i worked at cincinnati for a year back in 2015 and i love the bearcats it is a great fan base there's a ton of great energy down there it's a really really cool sports scene for college athletics i would love to see them play well but i can objectively tell you i don't know if they should be in the college football playoff i i'm i'm trying to decide if i would like to see them get in because i i want to see a non-power five school get in the playoff i've wanted that from the beginning or do they have to be the sacrificial lamb for for everybody to have this uproar of they got screwed, they should have been in, and all that much more reason to expand the playoff ASAP? Because I've always thought the 14 playoffs the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I hate it. I absolutely hate the 14 playoff. It should be six or eight. It should have been that way from the start. There's no reason that if you don't win your league that you shouldn't get to play in the playoff. And that if you're the best group of five team in the country, you should absolutely have a chance to, to be in. So I'm trying to decide if if it's better for a team that is very, very good and extremely athletic. They've got good wins. They've got, you know, they'll have a good resume as long as they don't stub their toe the rest of the way. They run the table. Part of me says, yes, yeah, Cincinnati should be in. But by leaving them out, even if that would be awful for them, does that help us move forward as a sport? and get the college football playoff expanded more quickly. I think that's a decent debate. Someone should ask Luke Fickle that question. <laughs> I don't I, think Luke is going to vote for, yeah, let us let us stay home. Right, but like but like should he though? You know, right? Like that's kind of like I think that's the 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 philosophical question. Do you fall on the sword a year this year knowing that you have a better opportunity going forward? Um well, they're going to be we in the shouldn't. Big 12, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're they're going to be in a Power Five league, so in essence, you know, they'd be falling on the sword for all the other little guys. Well, that's that's kind of my point. Is that like, do you do that for everyone else? And so, like, one, he absolutely shouldn't, um, because I think the Cincinnati team, um, you know, on on their kind of like best day, is probably you know capable of beating just about anyone. Um, this is a great comment to that point, Brett. I mean, th that Cincinnati-Georgia game last year rocked. And frankly, Cincinnati should have won. They absolutely blew it at the end of the game. And it's part of the reason why all those guys came back. They knew they had a good schedule. They knew they had a good team. They knew they'd have a chance to be back there. I would love to see Cincinnati play Georgia again. Heck yeah. Yeah, I think that was like one of our better games that we got towards the end of the year. Um so I, I think for the sake of the idea that, you know, 
do you have to get in or like kind of fall on the sword to expand the playoff? I think in many ways there is no better example or reason to expand the playoff than a, a group of five team getting in at four and beating the one seed. I think that's your best example or your best argument for why you need to expand it in that it's like, well, we have teams here that, that are obviously capable on their best day of beating anyone. We, they should be getting a fair shake at this. And so I think like, it, it, you know, given, given the opportunity to, you know, put an undefeated team in there, I think the, 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 the committee should, we have seen them do literally the exact opposite uh, over the course of the history of this, of this craziness. So that's unfortunate. Um, and I hope that doesn't happen this year. Um, I, I think, it, you know, we, we, we need to talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, and I think we have to talk about it specific with Cincinnati too, right. In that this is not like a, uh, you know, a conference USA team that goes 13 and zero and doesn't play anyone, you know, anywhere even close to the top five. This is like a team that Carolina is not getting in the playoff if they run the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a team that went to Notre Dame and beat them and like beat them pretty handily. Like it was, it it was not really that close in my mind. Um, You know, they, they, this is a team that struggled to schedule people because they knew how they, people knew how good they were going to be. So it's, I, I think it's important to keep that in mind you know, that this is the team that we're talking about. And so it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's another example to me of why it it just, it it needs to, I think this is the year where it needs to happen because I don't see Cincinnati losing a game. And I also don't see a ton of one loss teams really making a huge statement outside of Ohio state and Bama. So I think I it's, you're probably at some point rooting for Oklahoma to lose somewhere along the way. Um, oh, I do. That, that some point for me came several weeks ago. <laughs> you, you're you're like rooting for Oklahoma to lose like a bad a bad one, right? And so that a one loss Oklahoma essentially eliminates itself from the conversation. Then you're basically talking about undefeated Georgia, one loss Bama, one loss Ohio State, and then someone else. Um, and and I think that would be a fascinating conversation. Um, I totally know. agree with, with Kent here too, by yeah. the way. Love that. The, uh, you know, but I think, I think, you know, if in many ways, like the end game goal, right. Is to expand this, this competition, I think at, in many ways at all costs. And, and so I think throwing, throwing Cincinnati into the fire, regardless of how that, the game actually goes, I think goes a long way towards it, getting that expansion. So, um, you know, and I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, AP tweeted this, uh, I guess this would have been earlier this morning, just before nine o'clock. Number one ranking in the AP top 25 has been in the possession of just a few elite teams the last six seasons. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU were the only teams to reach number one from 2015 through Saturday. It's the first time Georgia's been ranked number one. Alabama, 63 times they've been number one. Clemson, 23 times. Ohio State, 10. LSU, 8. Um, so we are seeing a little bit of a, of a power shift maybe there at, at the top. Um, and Georgia is now, not surprisingly, the, uh, the favorite to win the national championship uh, they are at Caesar Sportsbook. They are seven to five odds, followed by Alabama two to one, and then Ohio State nine to one. Um, and and look, I I think let's bring this all back to Ohio State for a second here. Um, man, this is setting up nicely for the Buckeyes. I mean, I for the first time now since the beginning of the season. I guess it would have been after week one, right? When Ohio State won that first game, you still had a lot of those same aspirations. It's taken a few weeks for me to get back to this this feeling. I I have no worries at all about the things that are going on around Ohio State that they can't control. It is extremely clear right now that if Ohio State does what they're supposed to do, they're in. There is no way that Ohio State doesn't make the college football playoff, given the things that have happened the last couple weeks, both 
teams losing and teams that are on Ohio State's schedule winning, there's no way the Buckeyes are not going to make the college football playoff if they run the table and including winning a Big Ten championship. They're going to get in. So I, I, as a Buckeye fan, I feel really, really good about that. But I'm excited to see what the conversation is like around everything else. And it brings all of these games, you know, that much more into focus and the intensity uh, rises a bit because there is no wiggle room. If you lose, you're definitely out. You know, that that loss was week two. And and it's proven, you know, over time now that the Buckeyes are going to be able to overcome that. Um but you also have no margin for error, and it certainly would help if you if you blow out some of these other teams and just make it that much more obvious. And you need those other teams to continue winning uh, sure. as well, right? Like, I, like if if Penn State stumbles into Columbus, that's not what you're after. If if Iowa for some reason you know starts uh, you know struggling and gets a loss in the Big Ten West, you know. That doesn't do Ohio State any favors come Big Ten championship game time. Uh, and then Michigan is Michigan, right? So, you know, even Sparty, I think, like, like there's a there there's an opportunity there, I think, um, you know, for Ohio State with, with kind of how that, you know, how that program has kind of changed, you have to, like, Sparty comes into Ohio Stadium – late in the season, you blow them out, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. If Iowa state wins out, they're in, right. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, But you also need those opponents to kind of do, do their job to continue to make those wins for Ohio state look as good as they possibly can be. For sure. For sure. Um, let, Let's wrap with this thought process here around Ohio State's offensive and explosiveness. Um, Right now, I don't think there is a team in the country other than Georgia that defensively could really, really create a problem for the Buckeyes. I actually believe that Ohio State's offense right now could perform at a very high level against Alabama. I'm not saying they're going to score 50 points against Bama. But I, I think Ohio State's offense right now is so good that even against a team like Alabama, they could move the football and score 35 points. Um, you know, I, I need to see a little bit more from Georgia, but right now Georgia's defense has been absolutely suffocating. And uh, I, I I have to go back and look because I don't remember how Auburn scored their touchdown this weekend. But assuming it was an offensive touchdown – Georgia's defense, I think, has only given up two touchdowns in six games. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, C.J. Stroud has very much put himself in the conversation for the Big Ten's Offensive Player of the Year and potentially for a Heisman Trophy. You know, I don't know if he's going to have enough time to to put together a full resume to win a Heisman. But if he continues to play like this, he should get an invitation to New York because he has clearly become one of the most talented players in college football. And again, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit here. I know the last two weeks have not been against the highest level of competition, but you can't convince me that what you saw from CJ the last two weeks didn't make you go, wow, every single time he was on the field, every single drive. The Buckeyes scored the last two weeks. They didn't stub their toe once. He threw for 736 yards and 10 touchdowns. They had several rushing touchdowns along the way, too. Um, his, his confidence, his composure, his recognition of, of both defensive coverages and making adjustments at the line, I just I feel like he's a different quarterback than what he was through the first three weeks. Clearly, as a redshirt freshman, he needed some time and things are getting better. But I I don't think it's insane to think that this guy could be that good in the national landscape by the end of the year. Frankly, if the Buckeyes want to get where they want to go, they need him to be. That was literally what I was going to say, is that if 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 we know we're we're talking about C.J. Stroud in this way with also, you know, Ohio State, you know, running the table. 
if all of that happens, he has to get an invite. Yeah, I can't say it any better, right? Like you want to see these guys get better week in and week out, right? Progress. That's exactly what he's done, and and he deserves credit for that. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to win it. I mean, I'm I don't think that's it's way too early to figure out who's going to win a Heisman Trophy and. You know, you just never know how how the second half of the season is going to go. But right now, he is playing at that level. And frankly, Travion Henderson, if he continues to run like this, he should get some serious consideration for for uh, you know an invitation. And and he might win a national you know running back of the year. I mean, the, the guy is is showcasing an elite ability that few have seen around the country these last few years. Um, Get your bets in now for next year's Heisman. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and isn't that the fun of watching this Ohio State team, even if it doesn't happen this year? Even if this is not the national championship year that Buckeye fans have been hoping for? Golly. I mean, with what they've got coming back, at a minimum, you know you've got Henderson and Stroud coming back. You've got next year's receiver room. We'll have Marvin Harrison and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And and Julian Fleming, um, who am I missing? Oh, Emeka Ibuka, duh, uh, who only had 162 or kick return yards and four kick returns this past weekend. Um, you, you've still got several good offensive linemen coming back. There, there's no reason to think that this offense next year can't be just as good, and frankly, the next two years. Um, so the, the future of Buckeye football is just as exciting as the present. But boy, the present has certainly given us uh, uh, maybe more of a gift than we perhaps anticipated. Uh, this this has been a pretty fun year so far. The future's good. It's going to be like that for a very long time. But you win now because that's what matters. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I'm good, my man. All right. It was uh, it was a good conversation. Again, I think polls are polls are a lot of fun. Polls uh, are good talking points. But at the end of the day, the college football playoff rankings themselves haven't come out yet. And so uh, it's all conjecture here until we actually see what that human committee, not computerized committee, but the human committee is actually going to put together. I think Ohio State's got a lot of reason to feel pretty good before those uh, rankings come out here in a couple of weeks. We got a lot more planned for you on BuckeyesNow.com, even during the off week. Hope you'll check out our work there. Thanks for tuning in on our YouTube channel and our social media spots. We certainly appreciate the support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that we can uh, make sure that you, you're active as you were as an audience here all afternoon. Hope to see you again real soon. Buckeyes Now on Sports Illustrated, your place for Ohio State coverage.